you're about to enter the world of Strawberry Ice and the Ice Cave. Let's go! You know, league, the league rule was you're not really supposed Probably to take him out of that conversation. In that Man, he started from absolute scratch. I would draft Aziz Ojolari or any. any uh, nobody's doing seven step drops in playing, right you know, playing tackle for him. So right. It's he's 22 years old. Devonta Smith, same thing. You, you, you just can't. You, you can't do that. You can't do that. We thought that 2010 that he should be in the Hall of Fame, and they put him in after he is gone. Well, I want to fill the stadium. Yeah, I, I remember you guys saying that. It's crazy. So I, I see that he's taken uh, the non. But overall, that that line wasn't better. No, um, I, you know, they still... you know, he's talking to the refs and, and saying, "Hey, I'm not going to get those calls." He's, he's coming. He, he, what, he's oh, yeah. coming. And he did section 158 with me. So we're... these guys have learned basically since they've been in the major leagues. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, the Iceman, Jeff Trenopole. And as always, I'm bringing you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of the Cincinnati Bengals. Now do me a favor, if you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button, smash that thumbs up. I'm up to 1,299 subscribers, one away from 300. So let's... You, it could be you. If you're watching on Facebook or Twitter or anything like that, go to the YouTube channel and hit that subscribe button, hit the bell for notifications. And if you're watching on the YouTube channel and you like to support what I'm doing, you can go ahead and give me a super chat and I'll pop it up as fast as I can and we can uh, discuss your super chat and I would greatly appreciate the support. Now this show and every show is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right, guys, I know the show is a little later today. I apologize for that, but I was at uh, my my uncle's uh, funeral today, and traffic would not let me get back home in time. But luckily, my man, Mike Bengal Sands, was able to push back a little bit and be able to join me at 6 o'clock. But let's get to him. He's Bengal Sands. <laughs> Hey, Mike, what's going on, man? Not much. How are you doing? Good, man. Good. I'm, I'm glad you uh, were able to join the show. Now, I messed up the title of where you're, the group you're writing for. I said Cincy Jungle. It is wrong. I found out before we started the show. So please tell everybody who you're writing for and what you got going on here. I write for uh, Sports Illustrated's All Bengals right now. Uh, just did a wide zone article, the scheme that Frank Pollock looks to be bringing here and that he used in 2018. And part two of that comes out on Friday. So check it out. Awesome. Awesome. I'll definitely have to check that out. And um, you're going to be uh, uh, on uh, Locked on Bengals a little bit more. I know you, you did some episodes with uh, with my, my boy uh, Jake, who if Jake's watching, see if he'll ask you what kind of milk you drink again, because that's what he asked last time you were on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be a contributor with Locked on Bengals. Already kind of am, did those episodes, three of them, and then training camp started, so they have to, have to spend all their time covering that, right. uh, but uh, once a week, now that games are starting, I believe even in preseason games, but if I'm wrong, wait till, till uh, week one. <laughs> just just listen to Locked On Bengals every day, and eventually... Yeah, Mike, just, Mike, just listen to Locked On Bengals in the first place. They're on YouTube yeah. now, so check yeah, that out. Yeah, they are. I know. They, 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 they are, they're on YouTube, so you can see their faces now. So let's get to this this arc you had with the, the wide zone that Frank Pollock um, is employing and what he did because he had that here in 2018 
if I'm correct. And that's when Joe Mixon had one of his best years running, running wise. Yeah. Uh, Frank Pollock. So the wide zone really didn't originate in the late nineties Broncos, but that's where it was perfected with Alex Gibbs and Gary Kubiak and Mike Shanahan, all names you should know. Oh yeah. Uh, and Gary Kubiak went to Houston Anyone over the age of, I don't know, 18 probably remembers this. <laughs> <laughs> they should. We are reaching the point. Yeah, we are reaching the point that I guess it was a little while ago, but uh, Gary Kubiak went to Houston, brought Alex Gibbs with him. And that's actually where Frank Pollock, one of his early starts was he was their assistant offensive line coach, picked up on the whole wide zone thing, loved it. <laughs> he yeah. also, uh, then he went to Oakland and uh, I don't remember when he went there, but he was the offensive line coach in 2012, and they were running a bunch of wide zone then. So he's used this play ever since he's been an offensive line coach or run game coordinator. Mm -hmm. Seems to be his favorite staple play. And use it in Dallas when he went there. Use it in Cincy. I haven't watched too much Jets, but I assume he used it a lot there. Right. So, so, uh, so everybody yeah, – uh, really, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. I was just saying, really, just a quick thing is that it's zone running is basically the offensive line working one way in unison, and the wide zone different from the inside zone is that they're working well wider. <laughs> so right. they're trying to move, they're trying to move these guys out further out. It doesn't mean that it should hit to the outside like a toss play, right. but it just means that they're moving those guys further out. Now I think you have some videos of this on your Twitter page. Is that, is that right? I, I have uh, videos in the article, uh, every article I write, there's at least like five to 12 videos in them to give a frame of reference to what I'm talking about. Yeah. Cause I'm actually retweeting to them right now. So I hope I can bring them up on the show here. I think, I think this is what you, you were referring to. Let me see here if I can bring this up. Oops. Where'd it go? Well, helps if I hit the right uh, thing here. Yeah, I guess to fill time, wide zone is what all your favorite running backs are running. Uh, right. Todd Gurley in 2018, wide zone. Derrick Henry, wide zone. Uh, Dalvin Cook, wide zone. Nope. Time, every running back that you think is like, this guy's one of the best running backs in the league, for the most part, is running the wide zone system. Hmm. Uh, it's not Brett wanting to bring it up on there. I don't know why. But I did have it on there because uh, I know you you did just tweet that out, so I was trying to put that on. But we do have some stuff that you uh, tweeted out about um, T. Higgins and uh, Jamar. Oh, here it is. It did bring it up. Okay, never mind. Let me get to this though. There we go. There we go. This is what this is what you're talking about. This is what you tweeted out. Yeah, that's uh, adding in uh, some jet motion to it. But yeah, you can see how that one actually does hit pretty far outside. But you can see how all the offensive line work in the same way. They're trying to move the defense horizontally. They do a pretty good job. There's and a ton then, more. If you just go to my Twitter and then hit out. the media button, I think my last like 10-plus tweets have been about Wiza. Exactly. So that's what the Bengals are trying to uh, implement here uh, with the run game. Now, with from the – I know you're not down – at Paul Brown Stadium or anything, but with the videos and stuff, I guess you've seen, and it's been well documented here that the offense line in uh, training camp so far has not looked that good. 
Um, Tony Pike even said it on uh, his uh, live hits on Mo Egger's show today that, again, they didn't look that good, but they did. The offense did in the uh, practice with two really good drives. What is your thoughts on the the offensive line? And just I know you've seen just videos and different things like, like that, but uh, as far as what uh, Frank's trying to implement and 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 the guys uh, doing, how, how do you think it's going so far? Or what, what, what do you think? How do you think that's going? I think one-on-ones have looked pretty bad, uh, but to me, one-on-ones is a drill that favors the defense for the most part. They can go anywhere they want. The offensive lineman doesn't have any help, which isn't too, too common, especially for the interior guys. Uh, so that looks like an issue. It's also training camp. right? So for me, training camp is training camp. It's, it's nice. You shouldn't freak it's out too much about videos. it. It's good, to, it's good to get videos, good to get uh, a look into how guys are doing. How It's just good to have football back, but also I'm not going to make any sweeping generalizations based off of training camp videos or anything like that. Even if they look bad in everything, to me, it's regular season game time. That's, that's when it matters. So they could be working on techniques. It could be... I don't know. It could be anything. Maybe they don't have the right five or the five that gel the best in there already. They'll figure it out. So, with that being said, Bengals taking on the uh, Buccaneers uh, this this Saturday, and uh, Bruce Arians has come out and said that the starters are going to play a lot for the uh, Buccaneers. Now he says that, and today's Tuesday. Who knows what exactly is going to happen on Saturday? But I think that if that does happen, I think that's a good thing for the Bengals to – for both sides of the ball, the offensive line and the, and the def- and just the defense in general, to see if what we are seeing the defense do to our own offense, is this actually going to uh, happen in a regular ga- game against somebody else, or is it just, just mean our offensive line is that bad? I, I think it's going to be a, a, good, a good jumping off point to see w- where this team is. But what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I definitely put a little more stock into preseason games than I do practices and training camp. I think Tampa Bay is just pretty much stacked everywhere, and their defensive line, it's a great test. You get Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett going to be going against our two tackles, Jenna Williams and Riley Reef. Inside, Vita Vea is probably the best nose tackle in the league, or at least if you want to be conservative, say top three, sure. Right. But uh, he's a very good player. Um I haven't checked. <laughs> they might still have Indomitong Sue. I'm not sure who they're. I, I think they do. I think he's, he's still there. Yeah, I mean he's he's still kicking. He's still got a little oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> a little bit of juice left in him. That, yeah, he's still pretty good. <laughs> really nice. Uh, I mean, linebackers are good. Devin White, super athletic. Levante David, one of the best linebackers in the league. And then our defensive line also gets the test of a uh, really good offensive line. Ollie Marpet. Other than Quentin Nelson and Zach Martin, he's probably the best guard in the league. Maybe so. I guess like he's probably third best guard in the league. Ryan Jensen, a lot of uh, guys that watch the Buccaneers, they love him. Very aggressive center. Uh, think he should should have been an All Pro. Alex Kappa has improved every year. Tristan Wirfs came out as an All Pro right tackle. So you're looking at three. Pro Bowl to all pro level players on the offensive line, and then two more guys that are solid. Donovan Smith's pretty solid at left tackle, so it's a big test for both of them. Yes. Yeah, they, they should These definitely be. Playing. They better be ready to play Saturday tonight. Is, is all I gotta say because uh, this Friday, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but my wife is uh, from 
the Tampa Bay area. And she wants to come on my show Friday and talk smack to me about the Bengals and how the Buccaneers are going to run all over them. On Saturday, now he said this is preseason, and she just wants to get on my show and talk smack. But I really do hope the Bengals show up because if they don't, I'm never going to hear the end of it from my wife. But a guy who did finally get to show up today at practice was uh, Larry Ogunjobi. Ogunjobi, I did it again. Ogunjobi, not Ogunjobi. Ogunjobi. He was cleared for practice today, and now I was down there on Sunday, and he was still on the rehab field, but he was doing uh, run through run through the uh, not the cones, but the big. The big cones, you know, where it's tall enough to tall as he is. I don't know what they call those, but he's running through those and doing some drills. I thought he looked pretty good there because that's the most I've seen him do all training camp, other than just kind of push a sled and kind of do, you know, some leg stretches or whatever. But uh, they said he looked pretty good. And that brings me to the pressure up the middle. How, 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 I know it's important, but I really am excited to see him and DJ Reader next to each other. And I know they're really known as, as run stoppers, but I really do think they're going to be able to get some pressure up the middle on the quarterback this year. What, what's your thoughts on those two? Yeah, I thought Ogunjobi was a pretty solid pass rusher. I enjoyed his I enjoyed his film a lot. I think he's inconsistent. Uh, he doesn't always, for whatever reason, it could be matchup dependent. It could be maybe the Browns want him to do something else. They had him playing nose tackle a lot, which right. I think he's better at three technique. Uh, on the side of the guard. And uh, I think DJ Reader, he's, uh, for a nose tackle, decent decent pass rusher. He's got a good bull rush to push and collapse the pocket a little bit. And then he also can combine that with his snatch pull uh, move thing where they try to get on him quick. He just uses that against them like a judo thing to just throw them down and kind of slingshot himself forward. It's a cool move. So... I think uh, those two are going to be decent at getting pressure up the middle. I think you're hoping that Sam Hubbard, when he move, kicks inside sometimes, mm-hmm. he'll do a better job than last year at getting pressure, whether that's up the middle or on stunts. And I think they're even talking about kicking Trey Hendrickson inside sometimes and trying to use him. Like uh, jo- Joseph Osai, they, they can also kick him. I've said this a couple times on the show, to kick him or sample inside too. That. I think they have a lot of versatility with the guys they, they can kick in inside and also can can bring it from the outside too. Yeah, Osai played really tight to the tackle in college. And mm-hmm. before that, he was a linebacker. So right. he's pretty raw with uh, his moves and everything. But uh, you could kick him inside. You, I think Sample is even better to move inside. He played inside the tackle sometimes at uh, – Two uh, Tulane, yeah. I was thinking, it was like I watched him against Eastern Carolina, but that's the MT Smith. <laughs> the big green, the big green wave. That's where he came from. But yeah, that's the where green I, wave. I've had I've had a couple people on the show here, and this is one thing that I am excited about the defense, and I, I do think this is a big get for two rookies. But I am excited about the rotation that we have, as far as the edge guys, either you kick them in or out. The rotation that we can actually that uh, Lou actually has this year. I don't think Lou has had. I mean, let's let's be real. Last year, the basically only person, only pass rusher he had last year was Lawson. I think he has multiple guys that he could uh, use in different ways that he hasn't had, uh, you know, in the past couple of years. So I'm kind of curious how Lou's going to use these guys and how it's going to affect the defense, along with with Hilton coming off the edge. I think there's going to be a lot of different ways we can get pressure on this on these quarterbacks. I think this year. Yeah, I actually think uh, I think I've been saying. 
I don't know if it's fully serious, but Mike Hilton might be our second best pass rusher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the way he can time up a snap count is like not as good as Von Miller, but like for a uh, for a cornerback, like insane. It, he's he has to know some type. He studies the offensive line for a tell or something to know when the ball's being snapped. He's so good at that. If we don't use him like that, then it's a waste to sign him because that's his best talent is rushing the passer, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. And uh, let, let's uh, give you to the to the secondary. Who another thing that I'm very excited about because pretty much everybody that's going to start for the Bengals in the well, I'm not going to say the secondary, but the, the, the DBs cornerbacks didn't take a snap for the Bengals last year. Um, I think overall as a whole, I think they upgraded the talent as a whole compared to what we had last year. What, what's your thoughts on the secondary or the DBs and cornerbacks? I think it's a wash. I think for the most part, they'll be the same as similar to what they were last year. I think, I think Will Jackson when he's on is better than any cornerback we have. But Mike Hilton brings something that Mackenzie Alexander didn't in that he can rush the passer and he fits the run. Well, Mackenzie Alexander fit, fit the run pretty well, but I think Mike Hilton does an even better job at it. He's like a linebacker inside. Uh, Chidobe Ouzier is somebody that I think was solid in Dallas. And then on the other side, Trey Waynes kind of described him the same way. He's, uh, he was solid in Minnesota. Um, those two... I guess might be better than when we had LaShawn Sims out there. Right. It'll definitely be better than that. Uh, but yeah, we don't have the top number one corner no, that Richard Jackson could be at times. Right. Yes. We, we, we don't have a number one down corner. I mean, I am uh, really curious to see Chidabe Ouzier and see how he develops. Cause he, as far as from what I've been hearing, he's been having a really good camp. And his biggest problem in, in Dallas is he couldn't stay healthy. So hopefully, knock on wood, you know he'll stay healthy here. And I'm not saying he's going to step up and be a number one uh, shutdown corner. I don't think we have one of those. I think it's going to be more of a team, you know, all of them together, you know, working as a team to be able to, to uh, be uh, the, the 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 best part, best for the uh, secondary because it'd be nice to have a shutdown cornerback, but. It's not in the cards this year. We'd have to get our top five pick again. I don't really want to do that this year. I don't know about you. I want to. I want to win. So, let's get to uh, let's get to Joe Burrow here and um, how a lot of Bengals fans. And now this is kind of, I think it's really interesting this year just to watch Bengals Twitter. Bengals Twitter to me is blowing up over everything way more than they ever used to. You know, like Michael Jordan is listed as the you know starting right guard. Joe Burrow isn't throwing dimes right at, you know, right at the beginning of, of, of uh, training camp. And Twitter is just like, oh, my goodness, what's going on? I don't think – I mean, I don't know about you, Mike, but I'm not that worried about the offense. I'm more worried about the offensive line and the depth. But I think – what's your thoughts on Joe and his – I don't want to say struggling, but just not uh, stepping up right away as everybody kind of hoped he would at the beginning of training camp. Are you, are you worried about this? You worry about the offensive line or any of this stuff? Or what's your thoughts on that? That is training camp. Uh, I'm not going to be worried about it until it starts happening in games. And I even, uh, I even give. I think I'd give him some leniency in the season. I think he has to take some hits. I think he. I think anytime you're going to suffer a major injury like that, you need to just take a hit to know that you're going to be okay, even though you got hit. And that's 
probably not happening in the preseason, it sounds like. So it'll be the first game of the season where he'll he'll take a hit and hopefully he can go, okay, I'm I'm fine. Yes. So because right now it's it seems like they're protecting him a lot. And I know it just doesn't sound right to want your quarterback to get hit, but I think it's just a uh, psychological thing where if he takes a couple hits, then I it think uh, some of this goes away. Yeah, he said that last year. Remember, he wanted to get in a get in get hit last year before the season even started. So it's kind of he he's kind of set it for that. It's a a mental it's a mental hurdle. He's even said he has to get get over and uh, and just I, I do think once he gets hit and he gets up, he's going to be okay. I'm I'm back. Everything's you know going to be fine. I don't have to worry about. It. But I do agree with you. I think he wants to get hit, but I don't think he's getting hit until game one. I I don't think they're going to put him out there. I know he wants to. He's going to keep lobbying for it. I wouldn't be surprised if they do it, but I don't see it happening. You know, I could see him talking his way into it, but I don't think they're they. I don't think that's what they want to do. Now we got a question here from uh, Juan. Here says, uh, "How big do you guys think it was to snatch up Coach Hobbit for the D line? Now he was the D line coach for Saxonville at the time. I was very happy that we got him. What, what's your thoughts on him?" Coming from Miami, I really like the pressure designs they had. I'm hoping that he brings some of that here. Uh, also worked at Clemson with DJ Reader and some of those talented guys. The, I'm optimistic about it, but I also don't know all that much about him or uh, what he what he does with defensive line. He was with uh, Jacksonville when they're really good too, though. So right. there's a lot to be excited about with his history. Um, I think it was a good move. It's a good move. It's also it just as we keep saying it. It's it's training camp. You know, it's hard to sit there and say, "Oh yeah, this is." Gonna be, I mean, I I do think picking up Frank Pollock was the move of the offseason. I, I do I do think that because I just his his schemes and just the way the players reacted to the news that he was back. I think that was a really to me that's the move of the offseason. Now, if it translates to the offensive line playing better. I don't know. I hope so. But uh, it is kind of interesting, though, that um, it came out yesterday. Jackson Carman uh, is not starting, which I wasn't really a huge surprise, but that Xavier Surafilia is actually above him. And and Michael Jordan, who's the one who some people blame for uh, Burrow getting injured, he's the starter, and he's above Surafilia, and he's above Jackson Carman. How how? How are you surprised? Are you surprised about that, or how do you feel about about uh, Michael Jordan? I was surprised about it because I thought if Jackson Carmen wasn't starting at right guard, then it would be Spain and Suafilo. So that part surprised me that Michael Jordan switched sides and now he's starting over there. I don't think that'll hold through the season, but I don't know. Uh, it's an early depth chart. I don't think it's definitive. Again, it's just it's training camp. If this is how it is. I don't know, uh, the depth chart Friday before the first game of the year, then I'll have right. different thoughts about it. But Yeah, yeah that, 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 that depth chart's going to be a lot different than the one he just released uh, yesterday. That, that, if, my, if Michael Jordan's uh, the starting guard then, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, Houdé Nation going, what? <laughs> so that, that, might, that will raise some red flags. But again, like, like I keep saying, it is uh, early. It's the beginning of training camp. Um, I want to get to these, uh, actually the things you were tweeting out with, um, let's see here, T Higgins and, uh, what was the one T? Yeah, here. 
Yeah, you go this there's TH, oh. yes. Go, go ahead. What, explain uh, Ben Baby. You just retweeted what Ben Baby said. But what, what's your thoughts on what T. Higgins is doing here? Uh, okay. So he's uh, he doesn't get pressed or jammed, so he doesn't need to give too much of a release. He gets there, he's in a press position, which means he's close, tight to the wide receiver, but he's not jamming him, getting his hands on him. And uh, T's going to sell this vertical. How he does that is he does that little stop hesitation. A lot of times when uh, not just T, but a lot of wide receivers will give that little bit of a, like a little stall in the middle of their route before they go deep on like a, a go route, a fly, whatever you want to call it. Right. So he really sells that. And then he gets Chidobe Uze to commit to his vertical, which every wide receiver should be doing. And then he really breaks that in quick. It's like one step. He sinks his hips down. And I mean, his knees are like bent almost yeah. to the ground. It's right. a really nice route. I know it's three seconds for a five yard in, but, uh, but th th there's a lot, there's a lot there to break down. I mean, I'm always, to me, if I tried to do something like that, I'd, I'd rip my knee, knee in half, <laughs> you know, but I mean, that, that's how what great athletes these guys are, but there's a lot there just, just to do, do that move. But you see, he, he, he gets open. He beats, Chibay to the inside, and but that's what you have to do. You have to make every route look the same until it's not. And I yeah. think this is, a, this is a great job of, of doing that. What what where uh, T has has progressed? Yeah, it's a common saying with uh, wide receivers and wide receiver coaches that every route's a vertical until it's not. Right. Everything you're selling as a vertical because you want the defensive back to commit that way. Exactly. And I, Another thing that's been kind of surprising to me and, and Cam, this is another reason why I think our secondary is better between I mean the DBs and stuff. Um, is there hasn't been a lot of space for Joe to throw the ball. I mean, he had Chibay gets beat, but not I mean, he's still right there. So I mean it's still he's not beat for a touchdown or anything like that. He did get beat on the inside, but I, I think that's a good sign just for the for the DBs too and where, where they're progressing at. Yeah, uh, on this play, I think uh, you want Chidobe to – he does an okay job recovering, but I think you want him a little bit tighter not to let him get inside of you like that from where he is. But I think for the most part, Chidobe's looked pretty good in camp, although you're going to pull up the other video of Jamar Chase beating him as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll bring that up too here. Yeah, there's Chase beating him too. So the Chase one I, I liked a lot as well. So Chidobe does give him a jam. I don't think he gives a great jam. I never really liked Chidobe in press jam situations. I think he's more of a an off either catch or just reacting off coverage type. But it really wasn't even a jam. It was more of a swing and a miss. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say is that he didn't really give a good jam. And Chase actually does a better job than I saw in college on his release here. He keeps his hands up. A lot of times he had his hands at his side in college, which really let a cornerback, if they got him, get him, stick him in the chest, which you never want. So he gets his hands up right there, does a little swipe. And then the interesting thing about his route here is that at the top of the route, he's going to give this rocker step, which Justin Jefferson uses all the time, and Adam Thielen uses some other uh, wide receivers use it. That little step outside before he cuts – or a little step inside, I guess, before he cuts outside. Mm -hmm. And that got uh, Chidobe as well <laughs> with yeah. the missed jam attempt. He uh, bit a little bit on that rocker step but it's nice to see the wide receivers actually getting separation and, and getting because i thought we keep hearing in, in camp is they're not they're not getting separation they're not they're not getting 
open enough. But here are two examples of it. it looks like they're they're making progress. And the thing with, with Chase, too, everybody has to always remember, he didn't play last year. So you can do all the training and everything you want. It doesn't mean the same as game day. You know, it's 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 different. So he's got a whole year of football where he didn't he didn't play. So he's kind of to me, he's kind of got to get back into the groove of things. And it looks like he's he's starting to here. Yeah, this is uh, better than most of the stuff I saw him do in college with this type of route. So that's exciting. I hope he knocks the rust off of all these drops as well. I thought he had really nice hands in college. Um, really, you you want to be uh, you want these guys to progress more than they have in training camp, but it's training camp. I've yeah. been saying the whole time is that I'm not going to overreact to something good, which. In that, I said, like, it's nice he has his hands up on his release. Make sure he does that in game. I want to <laughs> see it there before I say, oh, Chase fixed his release, and he's right. a fantastic route runner now. Where it's like, I want to see it a few times in game before that. Um, I just I, – I'm not into the quick reactions and hot takes of that we've been going through where not only Bengals fans, but it feels like a lot of these things just keep going viral where it's like, Joe Burrow is having a bad day, and that there's national media guys talking about it. Chase isn't getting separation, and you have national media guys running victory laps already about <laughs> uh, he wasn't the best wide receiver. I knew it. Yeah, uh, the the hot take world drives me nuts. It's that's what it's, it, that's why I blame Skip Bayless. I'm not a big Skip Bayless fan. I can't. I don't watch him. I can't stand him to be honest because uh, that guy just I think says the weirdest stuff and then tries to find facts to, to back up what he's saying but getting back to to the hot take thing i i don't like it either because it's it's you're looking at one thing and going oh that's it okay see right there that's why he can't do it you know it, then that's not the whole process of what they have to go through before the season starts so I, I, I'm with you on that. I, I get tired of, of the hot take I get tired of this and to me the national media is always for some reason trying to put the Bengals down, especially since we drafted Jamar Chase and we didn't draft Panay Sewell and everything. And it, it just drives, and I've said this before on my show, it drives me nuts because the Squealers, they drafted a running back. Yes, their offensive line is worse than the Bengals. They needed an offensive lineman worse than we did. And they didn't draft one, and they're like, oh, well, their running game is fixed now. They got a running back. Okay, well, is their offensive line any better? I mean, if he doesn't have anywhere to go with the ball, you know. Uh, you know, so it's just uh, the, the the narrative for the national media and the hot takes when it comes to the Bengals. It, to me, it's just it's just every chance they get to to, to do something and put the Bengals down, they do. I, I don't know why, but it's just that's the way it feels like. Yeah, I thought the Najee Harris pick. I mean, I wouldn't have done that, but I thought the worst one was uh, taking Pat Fryermuth in the second round, mm -hmm. a tight end over taking uh, offensive line. They got one in the yeah. third round, but yeah. I don't know. They, they lost. Najee Harris is uh, an elite. He's the first running back taken. You know, maybe you think he's some um, game changer running back. Sure. I, I don't think they thought Fryermuth was a game changing tight end. Maybe they did, but I, I watched him and I, I didn't come away with that uh, thought process either. I thought they could have used a, a Wyatt Davis or somebody there. Right. Exactly. And, and the thing is, they, they lost two offense linemen, <laughs> you know? So that's, or I, I just, I agree with you on the hot take, and it's just I don't, I don't understand why it seems like they're always trying to belittle the Bengals. I mean, I know we're, we haven't won five Super Bowls, we haven't won, we haven't won any yet, 
But I just I just don't get that why it's all it's always every time the Bengals do something, it's it's you know, ah, now we got it, now we got it, now we can say something about it. Anyway. Well, it's about still after 6 30 Sands. I know you uh are waiting to order your dinner, so I and I, you came on uh, later than uh I asked you to, or I asked you to move it back. I appreciate you coming on. Uh tell everybody where they can follow you. And you're at all Bengals, not Cincy Jungle. So but Cincy Jungle is getting a plug anyway, because I keep saying the name. Uh, but just tell them where they can follow you and uh and all that stuff. Again, real quick. Yeah, uh, mostly just follow my Twitter at Bengals underscore Sands, like the, the thing says. I promote pretty much everything that I do on there. But uh, if you don't have a Twitter, all Bengals on Sports Illustrated. I release an article every Friday. And then on uh, Locked on Bengals. And then also, hasn't happened in a while, but sometimes uh, Unofficial Bengal Podcast has me as well. So there's there three go. places you can find me that aren't on Twitter. And and strawberry ice. I mean, come on, Sans. Sheesh. Yeah, well, you, that, only a second time. You know, we get to the, we get more of these, and then I'll I'll promote you on your own show. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, Michael. I appreciate it. We would definitely have to do this again. Maybe sometime uh, when the season starts, I'll, I'll get you back up here, and we can kind of re- rehit what we just talked about. You know, all the stuff before preseason, season starts. Now, then we can talk about. We actually uh, have some real uh, film to look at. But I appreciate okay. you. Appreciate you coming on the show, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. No problem. See ya. Who day? All right, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed that. And yes, Crown. Rip Bobby Bowden. Yes, he, uh, the great Florida State uh, coach, passed away uh, this weekend. So that was uh, very sad. I know Crown, excuse me, is a big Florida State fan. So I know he's probably very upset with that. But today, now, this is according to Dalton Signatures. Let me see here. Do I have the permission to put it up yet? Okay, yes, I do. He said yes. Okay. Dalton made this great graphic today for one Mr. Mike Brown. And uh, today is his birthday, I'm assuming. Um, I don't know how old he is. But this is another great graphic by, by uh, Dalton. He does a fantastic job with all these different graphics he puts together. I um I uh put it up on Twitter so you guys can check it out there. But I'll definitely go out and check out uh San or not Sands Dalton Dalton signatures on Twitter. He does an awesome, awesome job. And let's see here. Oh we never didn't get to this. Dang on I want to get to this with, with Sands I forgot. But Jesse Bates uh according to Jeremy Fowler the Bengals and safety Jesse Bates are not expected to reach a contact contract extension at this time per sources sides, not progressing towards a deal. Bates is a 22 for 2022 free agent and is a major player coming off of uh, three interceptions and 15 pass breaks a year ago. That is not what I wanted to hear. I'm really um, surprised at that. Now who knows it could turn around and Bates could sign later on this week. I don't know, but that's what's coming out of camp right now. Um, he's one of the best safeties in the league, arguably top five. Uh, I'm not sure what the issue is, but hopefully the Bengals will uh, get him signed and in the fold because uh, this one thing Sand said, but we were talking about this before the show started. I meant to bring it up when he was on that uh, you could kind of understand them. Maybe let Jesse Bates go. If the window is closing, 
on the Bengals right now. But right now, the window is opening, meaning our window of opportunity to win the Super Bowl. Jesse Bates is somebody that you need to lock up for multiple years. And that's another reason why I didn't, I thought we didn't, you know, we had this money left over uh, under the salary cap was to sign Jesse Bates, which I'm not saying they're not going to. I'm not saying it's over or anything like that. But according to, uh, not Paul Damon Jr., wrong one, Jerry Fowler, uh, they're not, the, the contract, uh, there's not supposed to be talking or reach a uh, extension. Now, he didn't say they broke him off. They just said they're not expected to reach a, contact, a contract extension at this time. If I can talk. Contract extension. Again, does not mean that they've broken off talks or anything like that, but not the news that most Bengals fans want to hear. But I do have some good news in from Paul Dana Jr. I put this up earlier. As we know, Larry Ogunjobi was out there today, and he had more than one explosive rep up the middle. So he looked pretty good. He looked pretty good on the sidelines when I saw him on Sunday. And then the leg cannon, Evan McPherson, had another great day. He hit from 53, 42, 45, 53, and 50. But he was wide left from 54. I will take that. I will take that all day long. I think we have ourselves a legit weapon in our kicker. I think there's a very good chance that the Bengals could finish their drives, 90% of their drives, with a kick, either a field goal or an extra point. That would be really cool. So, yes, yes, Stuart. Wow. (laughs) And these are not short kicks. I mean, I can put this up here again. It's here. I mean, he hit. Hit from 53, 42, 45, 53, and 50. And I, I just tell you, I've been down there. And again, I'm watching from the bridge. He's clearing the, the goalpost by a mile. I mean, it's going well past the goal goalpost. And like Saturday, Saturday or Sunday were there. He kicked one, and I think he almost kicked it into the street. <laughs> that's, that's how far he kicked it. So I am not... I think the kicking competition is over. I don't think there ever really was a kicking competition. I think Sherbert is there just to give Evan a break. <laughs> so he's not kicking the entire time. But I do think Evan is definitely going to be our kicker. And hopefully Evan will be joining my show here sometime soon because I have been working on getting him to come on. I talked to him Sunday when I was down there, and he said that he would work it out to come on. So hopefully Evan uh, McPherson will come on my show sometime. That would be awesome because that would be the first actual, not at first actual Bengal, but first current Bengal that I would have on my team. All right, Stuart, what do you got here? I think he's our kicker. Yep. We paid a price for him. Those kicks go to the clouds. Some good videos out there. Yeah. I got a couple of them uh, on some of my videos that I've taken from Evan. But, yes, you can find them on Twitter. Uh, you can watch my videos on my channel here. But, yeah, uh, Stuart, he, it's it's an easy swing. And I know we're I, – I think we're talking – people are like, you're talking way too much about a kicker. We haven't had a kicker like this probably since Jim Breach. And I don't even know if Jim Breach could kick him from 54 or 56. Evan can. 
So I this he could be the eventually when he's done could be the best kicker the Bengals have ever had. I don't know, but he looks pretty pretty darn good from what I have seen. So it's very fun, very cool weapon that we have. I mean, how many times has has the, the Raptors brought their kicker out there and beat us? You know, I mean, he's almost automatic, and that's where I think Evan. Is, is going to be for us, but we'll see. Now let's get to the uh, Facebook groups that let me live stream, and I appreciate every single one of you. They're Hootay Nation, Bengals Nation, Bengals Hootay Nation, Cincinnati Bengals the Jungle, Cincinnati Reds riding third heading for home, Bearcat Country, the Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Bar, and then you follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, the Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Trenopole. That's T-R-E-N-N-E-P-O-H-L. Uh, you can follow me also on TikTok. Like I said, it's at Iceman90. If you just look up sports with strawberry ice, you should be able to find me. Um, I'll be pulling off the sound later on tonight, putting up on the podcast. Podcast, like I said, has been blowing up. Uh, I appreciate you guys watching the show, listening to the podcast, but you can find the podcast on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Spotify, uh, Bean Pod, pretty much wherever you get your podcast, I am there. Make sure you rate, like, and review. Give me a comment if you like what I'm doing. Tell me, tell me uh, what you like about the show. Give me if you got any suggestions. Let me know there too. Same thing with the YouTube channel. I'm at 1,299 subscribers, one away from 300. That would be awesome to get 1,300. Hopefully tomorrow I'll be able to say 1,300. Uh, again, you guys can leave your comments there on the show. Anything uh, that I have that I have going on, any suggestions. Uh, you like me maybe to try and cover or try and do? Give me a shout out in the comments below. And let's see here, Chris. So you got get, get your comment. You just had a comment here. Let's get your comment up here real, real quick. Let's see here. Evan and I share. Oh, a birthday. Oh, that's cool. Cancer are claims cool collection. Who day? All right. Tw- all right. Evan. Cool. You and Evan share a birthday. That's awesome. That's very, very cool, man. Well, happy, happy birthday today. Yeah. Happy birthday. All right. Let's get to get on here, out of here. It's almost seven o'clock. I'm going to go watch over the Reds beat the Braves tonight. Um, I didn't really do a whole lot of Reds talk, but we got the Reds versus the Braves. The Reds right now are currently, I think, uh, six and a half out of first place. Uh, and they are three and a half out of the wild card. We will see what happens. I still, uh, at this point, I think the best case for the Reds to get into the playoffs is the wild card. Uh, I did not think that a couple months ago. I did not think we would be anywhere close. I thought we'd have a shot to catch the, the Boozers. We still might. It's, you know, you know, it ain't over yet. We'll see what happens. But uh, Bengals got a big stretch starting tonight versus the Braves rolling into the Phillies. Both of them are very hot teams. We will see what happens. But other than that, as my man, who sometimes comes on the show, hasn't been on the show in like a month, maybe longer than that. I don't remember. What's his name? Jeremy? Yeah. Oh, Jeremy. Yeah. It's Jeremy Dimebag D's Nuts. I think that's his name. Would always say, remember one thing and one thing only. And that is, you don't live in Cleveland, you live in Cincinnati. So act like it. Who day? Saturday, we have our first Bengals actual game. Friday, Mrs. Ice is going to come on here and debate 
how good her Buccaneers are and how much they're going to beat my Bengals. Well, we'll find out, which she might have a good shot at that. They play all their starters almost the whole game, but we don't. But that's beside the point. So Friday should be a very interesting show. And other than that, that's just sports, baby. See ya! You're about to enter the world of Strawberry Ice and the Ice Cave. Let's go! You know, league, the league rule was you're not really supposed really to take him out of that conversation. In that he started from absolute trash. I would draft Aziz Ojolari or any. any uh, nobody's doing seven step drops in playing, right you know, playing tackle for him. So right. It's he's 22 years old. Devonta Smith, same thing. You, you, you just can't. You, you can't do that. You can't do that. I thought that in 2010 that he should be in the Hall of Fame, and they put him in after he is gone. Well, I want to fill the stadium. Yeah, I, I remember you guys saying that. It's crazy. Well, I, I see that he's taken uh, the non. But overall, that that line wasn't better. No, um, I, you know they. Still... You know he's talking to the refs and, and saying, "Hey, I'm not going to get those calls." He's, he's coming. He, he, what, he's oh, yeah. coming. And he's being section 158 with me. So we're. These guys have learned basically since they've been in the major leagues. Well,